you know, social anxiety is 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 actually really correlated with substance abuse and social isolation. And social isolations and, and substance abuse are both correlated with suicide. You know, there's a study done in Cornell where they find that a lot of problems that people face actually stem from how they perform in social situations. This is episode number 35 with Mark Metri. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. My name is Tibor Nod, mindset and performance coach and the founder of Mindset Horizon. The mission of this weekly show is to reveal the disruptive mindset of purpose-driven entrepreneurs, high performers, visionaries, and change makers, so you can transform your mindset, realize your full potential, and execute on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's get started. What is up, Mindset Nation? Welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm excited to announce that today's episode is brought to you by Podcasters Paradise. As a mission and impact-driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and change maker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility, building credibility, and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you answer this question with hell yeah, now this is your chance. According to Edison Research in the US, podcasting is one of the fastest growing medium. Since I started podcasting, I knew I needed to invest in myself, learn more about podcasting, and surround myself with the best minds in the podcasting industry. This is how I became part of the number one online community for podcasters called Podcasters Paradise, created by John Lee Dumas, founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire, one of the most successful top-ranked and award-winning podcasts. So if you're ready to start your own podcast, build credibility, and scale your impact and business, I highly recommend checking out Podcasters Paradise at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash paradise. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash paradise. You can also find the links on our show notes page at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast. If you have any questions after checking out the Podcasters Paradise page or you want to know more about my incredibly positive experiences with Podcasters Paradise, shoot me an email at tibor at mindsethorizon.com or DM me on Instagram at tibor.mindsethorizon. I'm very much looking forward to hearing from you. And so without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. My guest today is Mark Mathry, and in today's episode, we talk about amazing topics around social anxiety that are included in Mark's brand new book, Screw Being Shy, Learn How to Manage Social Anxiety and Be Yourself in Front of Anyone. And so Mark talks about his personal transformation and entrepreneurial journey. He explains the difference between being shy, being an introvert and social anxiety. He also talks about the neuroscience of social anxiety and the importance of the body-mind connection and how what we eat influences who we are and who we can become. And so now a couple of words about today's guest. So Mark Mathry is a Forbes featured TEDx keynote speaker on an Amazon Prime documentary series and podcast host interviewing world-class human beings on his global top 100 humans 2.0 show 
but once upon a time he couldn't even make direct eye contact with anyone and suffered from social anxiety, from health issues, and not living the life he was designed to live. He spent his time on this planet as a 22-year-old trying to impact and influence others by evolving himself, the same way he was impacted and empowered by others to upgrade to the next version of himself, version 2.0. He is the host of the top 100 podcast, Humans 2.0. In total, his thoughts, views, podcasts, and videos have been viewed over 50 plus million times. On August 16th, 2018, his podcast hit number 96 of the top podcasts in the world with Tim Ferriss, NPR, Louis House, and Gary Vaynerchuk. His life's work has been featured in Forbes, Influensive, Inc., Huffington Post, Fearless Motivation, and been a guest on over 100 radio and podcast shows. He's an international TEDx keynote speaker at conferences, schools, and Fortune 500s, delivering meaningful and transformative current-edge knowledge in the form of speaking engagements, panels, moderator, host, MC workshops, and more. He's also a podcast strategist consulting funded startups, founders, and organizations to sustainably start, grow, and brand build their way through the competition in the age of vanity metrics, with marketing experience for over 13 years and accumulation of over 100 million plus overall network views. And so without any further ado, let's bring on today's guest. Hi, Mark, and welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Brother, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to um, rise with you. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I love it. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to come on the show. I really, really appreciate it. And so uh, you are a Forbes featured TEDx keynote speaker, podcast host, interviewing world-class human beings on your global top 100 humans 2.0 show. Uh, you interviewed some really incredible guests such as Stephen Cutler, Seth Godin, Amy Morin, John Lee Dumas, and if I'm not mistaken, you also interviewed Jay Shetty recently. Yeah, man, last weekend, dude, you're crazy, so much fun. Like I stepped yeah, in. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen on social media, uh, man, congratulations. I mean, um, yeah, he's huge, and uh, also congratulations on your new book, which is coming out on March 14th, and it's called "Screw Being Shy." learn how to manage social anxiety and be yourself in front of anyone. And we are going to dive deeper into those topics today. But first of all, I want to start this conversation with your story, like also your personal transformation, entrepreneurial journey, if you could dive a little bit deeper there. Yeah, so, so my parents are originally from Egypt and they immigrated uh, a couple years before I was born to America with a couple hundred dollars in their pocket. And um, my parents came over to America and then I was born on the East Coast of the United States. And, uh, you know, I lived a very uh, simple uh, childhood. You know, I lived a very uh, simple childhood where we didn't really have a ton of money, but I still remember having, um, you know, a ton of fun and uh, and whatnot. Um, And so, you know, for me, that was kind of my life. And when I look back at, what happened in the past now as being really impactful and relevant that I didn't really understand 
was when I was like nine, 10, my parents, we ended up moving out of the city into uh, a smaller town outside of the city with only 5,000 people. And in this town, you know, there was a lot of great people and there was also a lot of not so great people. And the really unique thing about this place was that there was zero diversity. And so I was the only person for the most part, except maybe a couple other people who were not white. And so I faced a, a, an extreme amount of racism, uh, bullying. Also at this time, I also began to develop uh, varying uh, health conditions like uh, autoimmune, asthma, ADD, uh, issues with my sleep, bladder. And so really what ended up happening, man, was I just kind of entered into this mentality from that age of being 9, 10, all the way for a solid decade um, of me just not wanting to talk to anybody, of me not really wanting to um, make friends. And I remember every time I'd walk into a classroom or every time I'd walk into an environment, my brain would always tell me to find a safe spot in the back of the room and to put my head down and to not talk to people because I'm worthless. And so that was basically my life for a solid 10 years, man. And so mm. I kind of, I, um, I did that. And then eventually in college, when I was 18, I was able to actually realize that I had this problem, that I was socially anxious because at that time I didn't actually know this was a problem. I just thought that this is just the way that I was. And I thought that there was something like inherently wrong with me, that there was, um, I was some sort of a moral failure. And so when I am 18, I go off to college and the way that I found out actually was I went to my first college party and I got drunk. And <laughs> when, I was, <laughs> yeah. when I was drunk, right? Like, because alcohol is a social lubricant, um, I could, I could walk up to anybody and I could talk to them with no problem. And so I remember the day after I was just like, wait, like what, <laughs> like what just happened? Like I just, I just experienced a different fidelity, a different experience, um, of my life. And, um, you know, with this chemical, with this, um, with this alcohol. And so, um, you know, I sort of, uh, I sort of had this experience and, and then I also kind of fall down a dark time where I would probably say I'd become like seriously depressed for the first time in my life. And then I also, um, also become suicidal and I become obese. And so a lot of these things kind of happened because I was, um, I was not living the actual life that I was trying to live. And I began to get glimpses of who I really was, of my potential, but yet I wasn't doing anything with it. I was just trying to, um, just trying to like, just go through in life. And I tried to escape. I tried to use um, food uh, as a drug. I did use drugs, alcohol. I, I, you know, I didn't sleep anymore. And so, um, you know, I think that is a uh, sort of a massive reason as to why I am uh, where I am today. And I kind of use that pain to transform myself physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And then that led me to like, you know, starting a business, starting a podcast, and then all these other things, uh, Amazon Prime documentary series, wrote the book. So that's impressive, man. Thank you so much for sharing. Um you mentioned, for example, that there was some kind of an awakening about who you really were. So how did you go through this transformation or what helped you, you know, 
start to transform this pattern? Yeah, man. So this is the thing, right? So what I had to realize was that when you're in rock bottom, you don't actually know you're in rock bottom. And like, there's another quote that says, um, you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. And so, wow. and so when That's I was huge. in rock bottom, yeah, I had no idea. And I remember like my first moment of awareness was me actually, um, was, uh, was me actually looking at myself in the mirror and, and kind of realizing that I had gained uh, a ton of weight. Because up to that moment, I had no idea that I was overweight. And so I kind of just had this moment where I just kind of looked at myself in the mirror and, um, and I realized that I was overweight. And so I just began to, um, I began to tackle, I began to just try to lose weight. And so by doing that, it like led me to like this whole journey of understanding like science on how to lose weight, food, nutrition. And those for me um, were definitely um, were definitely massive breakthroughs in trying to understand who I am. Wow, that's amazing. I think uh, awareness is is the first step to to realize that something is going on, right? And then you can do something about it. And uh, you mentioned a couple of things about your current focuses and the business. So uh, would you talk to us a little bit more about that so that, you know, people and the listeners have a better understanding and context of, you know, how you could be of service to them, let's say, because as far as I know, you have different things going on. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I do a wide variety of things. I um, sort of my main time gig is I run uh, a podcast agency that helps companies and people uh, start podcasts, run them. And then also for those that already have podcasts, but are trying to grow it, are trying to scale it, whether it's um, whether it's like one-on-one consulting or whether it's my agency doing it for you. That's one big aspect. Another thing that I do is um, I'm trying to, I'm pretty big on, um, I'm pretty big on, um, on LinkedIn. I just reached uh, 60,000 followers yesterday. Um, probably brought me the most amount of success in my life professionally and quite frankly, personally speaking. And so I have, I have a course um, that is not that much money that kind of teaches people how to maximize opportunities on LinkedIn. Then I also do consulting as a part of that. And then I'm also uh, a board member of a nonprofit called Parachute Bridge that's redefining education. Uh, I also advise some startups and some other companies. Um, yeah, I mean, I do a lot, but, um, but, you know, that's kind of it. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, I wanted to dive into the book and it's again, Screw Being Shy, Learn How to Manage Social Anxiety and Be Yourself in Front of Anyone. Before diving in, and as far as I know, you talk about these terms in the book as well. So would you define, uh, you know, for the listeners, what does it mean to be shy, you know, socially anxious or being an introvert, I think these are really important terms to understand and being able to differentiate. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I'm, I'm really glad you asked me that. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot, like as I'm, uh, you know, doing this, there's a lot of, um, you know, misunderstanding out there in the world of like, you know, what is an introvert, right? And so yeah. I think the first sort of spark to, to start off at is that, 
a lot of people think that if you're an introvert, it means you're shy, which is actually not the case. An introvert is defined as somebody who predominantly spends most of their time and attention focusing on the internal world, emotions, thoughts, feelings, and they gain energy from them. And an extrovert is the opposite. Someone whose brain is structured in the sense of they are mainly focusing on the external world, like their environment. And so these are just two personality traits. They actually have nothing to do um, with being shy. And then on top of that, you know, it, it, and so it's okay to be like a, a, a quiet introvert. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And then it's also okay and, and natural to every once in a while be shy. You know, like if you yeah. go to an event for the first time and let's say you don't know anybody there um, and, uh, you know, it's okay to be a little bit shy then. But there are some people who become shy in every situation, in every environment, no matter what group of people they are in, they are shy. And if that is perpetuated long enough, if they do that long enough, then that can become social anxiety. Where, like, if you mm. talk to anybody who's really shy, they'll tell you that whenever they think they have to talk to people or whenever they're in an environment, their armpits, their palms on their hands start sweating, their heartbeat starts beating their forehead starts to sweat, they start to feel really hot, their throat will will clench up and it'll tighten, their mind will give them a thousand thoughts and they'll overthink and they won't be able to talk any uh, talk about anything. Mm-hmm. And so what'll happen is if, if someone is shy and that happens to them all the time, eventually what'll happen is your body will um, factor in that biochemical response and it'll activate even if your mind and your brain is not shy. And so it'll give you the feelings of what it's like to be shy, even if you're not shy, to make you shy. And so this will happen and you know this affects approximately like, I mean, who knows what the numbers is, but, apparent, but approximately 20% uh, of adults in America and up to 40 to 50% of kids. And so oh. some people grow out of this, but some people don't grow out of this. And so for me, like when I was kind of realizing this, I realized that social anxiety was creating so many other problems in my life, right? Like we know that if like, you know, for example, a Harvard study found that one of the few associations with happiness during someone's life is the quality of their relationships. And if you have social anxiety, you're probably not going to have quality relationships and if you do have relationships, they're very shallow because you're not showing your authentic self. And so for me, when I was kind of writing this book and I was taking a look at the data and the science, I was like, I have to write this. And on top of that, you know, social anxiety is, is, is actually really correlated with substance abuse and social isolation. And social isolation and, and substance abuse disorder are both correlated with suicide. And so a lot of the Sometimes, you know, there's a study done in Cor- Cornell where they find that a lot of problems that people face actually stem from how they perform in social situations, which is social anxiety. And a lot of times you'll see someone, they might be abusing alcohol or some other kind of drug, or they might not, or they might not be trying, they might not be pushing themselves to their limit, to their potential, 
because social anxiety has put so many boundaries on their life. And, you know, there's this quote that I talked about in the book. It's like, mm. the mind, the brain is the worst prison to be locked into because you don't know where the jail cell ends and starts. And so a lot of people that are going through this don't actually even know they have this problem. And so it's it's definitely a big issue and why I was just like, man, I really got to write this book because there aren't books out there like this. Wow, that's amazing. And you know, I was wondering because uh, as I formulated it to myself was, uh, you know, fear of being judged or fear of being ridiculed. And I was diving deeper into the topic of fear and limiting beliefs and all that stuff. So that was my approach. But I definitely can see that, you know, reaching your full potential and you talk about this, that, you know, being authentic and, and be yourself cannot happen if you are not shy, but socially anxious, you know, in, in social circles, if you can't, you know, put out yourself or your message and, and all these things that you actually talk about in the book. So one of the things, for example, is being affected by the opinions of others, which is, you know, being nervous, what other people will think of you. So how can someone go about this? Right. And so, I mean, the easy answer would say, um, you probably are not going to be able to solve this in a podcast episode, which is why you should go and pick up a copy of my book because <laughs> it goes in depth into this. But basically, you know, one of the first steps to, to realize this is, is you have to look at the uh, neuroscience. You have to look at the reason why this is happening. And so social anxiety, the reason why it's so common is because it's actually one of the most ancient primal fears that have ever existed. And when you look at humans, the one of the reasons why we've been able to survive as a species for so long is because we live in groups. We live in groups, whether it's our village or our town or our community. And today it might not necessarily look like that too much, but back then, you know, you were highly integrated into your community. Everybody relied on everyone because everyone had a different task. Everyone had a different role. You know, you couldn't just go to the supermarket and buy whatever you wanted. You had to like get berries from this person. You had to get meat from this person. And so social anxiety can actually be traced back to the most ancient civilizations of humanity. And it goes back to the sense of since the fact that we evolved to live in groups, our brains have equated groups as safety. And it's equated not being in a group as danger. Because like the matter of the fact is, is if you did not live in a group or a village, you were more likely than going to die. You were probably going to get murdered by an animal or get kidnapped. And so our brains equated uh, social groups with safety. And so when you look at social anxiety, for example, like they've shown that people who have social anxiety, their amygdalas in their brain, which is the part that detects and manages fear, is much bigger than the average person. And so when you look at that, it's like a thousand years ago, a very common punishment for disagreeing with your group leader or for saying something wrong 
was social exile? Was your group kicking you out and leaving you to be alone in the wilderness? And so our brains have associated saying the wrong thing, saying the, the, you know, speaking up as social anxiety, as potential danger, as potential death. And so what I would say to people is like, you are not socially anxious, but your brain is socially anxious. And so if you can make that distinction and kind of realize that the reason why we have these thoughts and fears is because of evolutionary biology and the fact that our brains have just evolved to prioritize these dangers because it's so important. That's step one. Because again, like a big part of this is just realizing that this is just a scientific fact. This is not like a reason as to you suck or as to why you um, are a bad person or anything like that. And so um, I think that's number one. And then I think two is um, is probably just learning more about yourself. Is going on the the route to like gain self awareness of yourself because if you don't know who you are, you're not going to know how to show up in front of other people around you. So I think that's a good start for people. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I love this topic. You know, uh, the fear, the fear response, and uh, perceived potential threat because. Uh, whenever you think about that, oh my God, this person is going to judge me because, you know, I am from this country or that country or because of my color or whatever it is. You say that those people actually perceive those social uh, judgments or whatever it is uh, as a potential threat. So they stay in survival mode, basically, right? So they close up. Yeah. So, th- so this is the big thing, man, right? So this, so, so the first chapter in my book is called um, it's called social anxiety is not your problem, okay? And what I tell you is this: social anxiety, like you know, even though I just talked about that, social anxiety is actually not the the main problem. And what I'm saying is, you know, I believe after looking at the science, after talking to hundreds of people on my podcast, I really believe that the root for a lot of these problems is because of psychological trauma. And um, a lot of people will only think that, you know, you can only get traumatized if you see something like really bad, like you see like, uh, you know, someone get murdered in front of you or, or, you know, you go to war or something. And the matter of the fact is, is every single person listening to this has some kind of traumatic experience. And the way that you can define it is, uh, psychological trauma is when, and this happens to us early on as kids, when something happens and you don't know how to deal with it, something happens and you don't know how to process it. You you didn't even know that this could happen. And so for me, going back to it, for me, that was um, like being in an environment where nobody looked like me. And, uh, you know, I felt, uh, you know, I, I faced extreme racism. And so for me, that was, um, that was sort of my trauma. And, and what happens is when your brain goes through this, it pauses, it stops. And so your nervous system halts, it stops processing. And it will not continue to move unless you have figured out what to learn from that event and how to process it with your emotions, 
and your logical side of your brain properly. And so what will happen is like, you know, so, so for me, like I felt, I, I was, um, you know, I felt, I dealt with bullying and racism in my earlier years of a kid. And then in middle school too, as me being a teenager. And then by the time high school had kicked around, um, nobody was really bullying me anymore. Um, I wasn't really facing any racism, but at that time, that was also when my social anxiety got the worse. And so essentially what I like the analogy that I'm trying to paint here is you'll have some sort of a psychological trauma. And for me, that was like talking to people, people ridiculing me. And then your brain, your nervous system will halt, will pause until you figure it out. And then what will happen is every time that you are in a similar environment as to where your psychological trauma originally occurred, your nervous system will trigger a fight or flight response. And so I you know, had issues talking with people because of the racism and bullying. But then even when that wasn't going on, I still couldn't talk to people because my nervous system was, had still, was still at that level of me being nine, 10 years old and, um, and, and being traumatized. And so whether that's social anxiety for someone, whether that's another kind of issue, you know, a lot, there's a lot of issues out there that have to do with psychological trauma. It could be, you know, like it could be the fact that, um, you know, maybe your, your parents, um, maybe your parents were always at work and you grew up as sort of a lonely child. So then now let's say you're an adult, whenever you, are like, let's say you're alone. Let's say you're working at your house alone. Your nervous system might trigger and you might feel lonely and you might feel like you're completely isolated when in reality you haven't and it's just your trauma. And so there's a thousand different ways that this can play out with someone, but this is essentially the the root. And so if you can begin to understand the science about that, if you can begin to learn from like experts about psychological trauma, you know, I recommend, um, um, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, Mastin, uh, Dr. Nicole LaPera, otherwise known as the holistic psychologist, um, who endorsed my book. Um, I think these people really have a much more in-depth understanding about this pretty complex topic that I just mentioned. And so I recommend people to go there because that is really, um, the, the root. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's understanding the science of what I said before. And then it's also understanding the, the root problem, because to be honest with you, man, like when I was doing my research and I was seeing like a lot of books about social anxiety, they were all talking about surface level problems of like what someone can do. And like, for me, like, I, I don't want to waste anybody's time. And so I know that the tips and tricks and the hacks that I'm going to give people, they're only going to be as practical as they are reaching to the root cause. And so for me in my book, it really goes into the root cause. It goes into the science behind it. And then it goes into how to make sure that you are like motivated and you're beginning this journey and then how to begin to take action on a lot of things. One of them being, you know, biochemistry, which I mentioned a little bit before with food and then how to uh, communicate better and how to expose yourself to your fears and how to expose yourself to your own psychology. And then also how to bring that out as an entrepreneur or whether you're at an organization for work. Um, so yeah, I mean, that just kind of gave you like the whole synopsis of the book, but that's kind of it.
Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And uh, there's 50 plus scientific references and exercises in the book uh, for the readers to take action. So that's that's amazing. So we talked about the science a little bit. And uh, what I really like about the book is that, and, and the whole your whole approach is that you go deeper into nutrition as well, which I haven't done so far yet. So I was mainly focusing on the mechanics of the brain, the psychological, you know, aspects. Uh, but it's really interesting because recently I was wondering that, you know, I just felt it besides meditation and all those practices, I just felt if I eat well, you know, I have different energy and all these things. So I, I function better, so to speak. So would you just elaborate on that a little bit? So nutrition, the the correlation and connection. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. So I was actually having this conversation with, um, with Jay Shetty and he was telling me before on how like wow. when he started his journey as like being a monk, all he focused on was the mind. And then eventually through his wife, he was able to realize, um, you know, many different things like, um, like the fact that our mind and body have a very strong feedback loop. And, 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 and this is it, man, this is the, this is what I'll tell you. So, so when you, if you look at a lot of the mental health communities and circles, and then also a lot of the leadership circles, a lot of people talk about um, our brain, yeah. especially like neurotransmitters. And, um, and there's this one neurotransmitter in specific called serotonin. Mm. That um, that is super super important. It um, it helps regulate our mood, um, our appetite, our sexual desire, our sleep, and our social functioning and and group uh, communication. And so, for most of science, scientists thought that you know serotonin being a neurotransmitter, people mm-hmm. thought that it was in the brain. Our serotonin is in our brain. And so if you want to fix our neurobiology, if you want to fix someone's mental health, if you want to make someone a better leader, you have to go via the brain. And it turns out, according to the latest science, the biggest amount of concentration of serotonin is actually not in our brain. It actually looks more or less like 5 to 10%. 5 to 10% mm. of serotonin is only in our brain. The rest is 90 to 95% of serotonin is actually in our gut microbiome, which is the system that I didn't even learn about in school when I was growing up that is in between your stomach and intestines. And it's this vast ecosystem of trillions of bacteria that have evolved alongside humanity through a symbiotic relationship that has made us the number one species on this planet. And so a lot of people don't know, but a lot of the foods that we eat, just like the healthy, normal, natural food that we eat, a lot of Mm -hmm. them, our human bodies can't even digest them. And so what happens is our microbiome eats them first and then passes it off to our human body. And so there's like this chapter, there's this section in my book, it's called first my gut broke and then my brain broke. And what I'm talking about is like the one time in my life where I was actually suicidal also happened to to coincide with the time where I was becoming seriously overweight and I was eating a ton of junk food and processed food and like zero vegetables or zero nutrients or fats in my body. And so like growing up in school, I was always taught that you should eat the, uh, 
the USDA food pyramid. Um, and you should just like, you know, food isn't that big of a deal. And it's just like, if you eat too much food, then you gain weight. But other than that, you're fine, which is horrible. And so it turns out that like every food that you put in your mouth, not only does it go every single spot in your body to like regenerate. So like as our, as our brains deteriorate, as our livers, as our skin deteriorates, the things that we put in our mouth, they are made to remake them. Like literally like a, every single part of who we are today are the mm. foods that we've been eating for like the last 10 years. And on top of that, if it's making the brain, then it's also making our thoughts. It's also making the amount of energy we have. And so mm. food is like literally this massive part that aside from physical health is just so important for mental health. And I recommend people to eat a, um, a 100% natural diet. And there is no such thing as a universal healthy diet for each person, but we do know that nobody should be consuming processed foods. Nobody should be consuming artificial ingredients. Nobody should be consuming things that grew up in a factory or were made by scientists, which is the predominant majority of, um, of our diet. And, and, and the funny part is, is since you're from Europe, if you go to a European supermarket versus yeah. if you to an American supermarket and you take the same exact product, you take the same exact product, the same exact, let's say, bag of chips. The European Union has straight up banned many ingredients that you can find in every single supermarket in America. And so literally the same companies that make the same snacks, they will make a less processed, a little bit more natural version in Europe but then in America, they will load it up with artificial fillers and whatnot to make it cheaper. And in my book, I go into the, the science behind this. And it turns out that if you eat an American standard diet, you have an extremely high probability of developing depression, anxiety, and other mental health issues alongside with your memory, your motivation, your mood, your focus. And I also mentioned another study in my book where they take uh, they do brain scans of people who are addicted to hard drugs. So I'm talking mm -hmm. about crack, cocaine, heroin. And they did brain scans of people who consumed a lot of junk food and their brain scans were identical. And so this is amazing. Wow. So, yeah. And so again, like I don't really think there's such thing as a universal healthy diet for everyone, but the one universal is just stop putting things that have come in bags from factories and boxes where if you flip over the ingredients list, there's like a whole essay and it's not just one or two things. Nobody should be eating those because the health consequences of them have been very well documented and even documented to a degree where an entire continent like yours in Europe has just straight up banned these companies from putting this. And yet little uh -huh. kids in America are consuming these things by the hundreds of millions every single day. And so I'm like, that's a major part of my book because like growing up, I ate junk food all the time, but yeah, I didn't hear anything from my doctors. I never heard it once. And so I'm trying to put this message out there because it's just so, so important for not just your mental health, but also just the overall quality and longevity of your health. And that includes everything you do from your mood to how you sleep to how you exercise. I mean, food is really, I think, the baseline of where everyone can start because you have to eat. 
you know, not everyone does the same things, but everybody in the world has to eat. So if you're going to have, if you have to do something, we got to make sure we do that 100% clean. Wow, man, that's, that's really huge. And uh, so many value bombs there. I, I love it. And I love this holistic approach, right? So in the book, you talk about both the mind, uh, the science behind the mind and the body. So that's really, really cool. And I haven't been focusing on nutrition because yeah, it was, I mean, with the podcast, let's say so, because uh, it's it's a little bit different than, than talking about the mind. So I need to explore this world as well, but I'm really interested in this. So, and as you mentioned, it, you know, affects who you are, right? And uh, I also wanted to dive a little bit deeper into becoming true to yourself because, and in one of your podcasts, you were talking about, uh, when you realized or when you could connect to, to your true self, you could open up and, and you could go on stages and speak in front of an audience. Uh, whereas when you were not true to yourself, you couldn't convey your message with that power. So how did this transformation happen? Yeah, there's a section in my book where I talk about uh, truth is the chiropractor of the mind. And essentially what I talk about is like, if you're lying to yourself and you're lying to other people, yeah, you're going to be shy. And so, you know, if you are not like, again, like in my opinion, like I think the reason why I had social anxiety was because like, I, I have to be my true self. I have to be my authentic self. And so if I'm in a moment where I'm not my authentic self, I'm not me. And so I'm, I'm shy. And so like, I'm so glad that today I am that person because now every every environment, every room, every event, every conversation I walk into w- w- today, people know what I stand for or I tell them what I stand for and I have confidence because it's not just like it's not just me, but it's the, it's the message. It's it's the movement, right? And it's like I know that I'm not necessarily a super strong person. You know, I'm just a human. And so I don't necessarily gain confidence from myself, but I gain confidence from like a uh, sort of a higher power of understanding that as long as I'm speaking the truth, and as long as I have good intentions for people, I don't want anybody to be screwed over or hurt or anything like that, then I should be confident because I'm a force for for good in the universe, man. So I'm not exactly sure answered your question but that's what came to mind yeah it answered the question and and i love it and you know one of my uh, missions with the podcast is really help people um, step into their greatness realize their full potential which means that also becoming true to themselves in the sense that they realize who they are so that's a lot of self-excavation self-exploration self-actualization uh, all those things, it takes time, but it. Uh, I want to support them with this content that we produce. And yeah, man, I wanted to ask you, would you recommend some of some books for the listeners? Uh, what are those books besides yours that transformed your life? Maybe business mindset books? I would probably say read any book by Mark Manson. He's, he wrote the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. I think he is a very interesting person. Another good book is uh, Indistractable by a near AL who actually uh, endorsed my book. Um, uh, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson is a great book. Moonshots by Naveen Jain is a great book. And um, 
Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I mean, listen, there's a thousand books out there, but at the end of the day, you have to do something about it. And so for me, like in this book, it's all about action, you know? And so it's super important because I've been in that position where I've read a thousand books and nothing really happened in my life. So that's what I would say. Wow. Those are amazing books. Thank you so much for sharing. And before I ask my last question, please just tell the listeners where they can find you online or if you want to convey some important message, uh, what would you tell the listeners? For someone who just really struggles being themselves and social environments, and even when they're alone too, definitely check out my book, uh, Screw Being Chai. Check it out on Amazon. Uh, But if you want to check out everything I've got going on, kind of a central spot is uh, my website, which is just my first and last name.com, M-A-R-K-M-E-T-R-Y.com. Awesome. So that's markmetry.com and the links are going to be in the show notes as always. And you can check it out on mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. And um, my last question is basically, what is your vision, mission, and what are you aspiring to accomplish in the future? What I'm focused on now is, you know, I wrote this book on social anxiety. It's not to grow my brand. You know, if I wanted to grow my brand, I could I could write a book that's how to make the best podcast, how to start a top 100 podcast, right? But for me, I'm trying to make this book and I'm trying to unlock people's potential because I know there are potentially hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who really suffer from this problem and it's preventing them from being themselves. And so I'm just trying to be an unlocker. I'm trying to be an igniter. And so if I can give something to help someone else guide themselves, that one's in my book. Yeah, man, I love it. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I wish you good luck with all those aspirations. Yeah, Tibor, thank you so much for having me on. This is, this is a blast. What is up, Mindset Nation? Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. And if so, please make sure to spread the word and share this episode with your friends. We are on a mission to build this community of Mindset Nation. So please make sure to go to iTunes, go to Stitcher and support us by rating and reviewing the show. And don't forget to subscribe as well. For more information about Mindset Horizon, simply visit our website MindsetHorizon.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter to get the latest information about new episodes, Mindset Transforming freebies, tips and insights. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, leave us a message, we'd love to get in touch with you and hear more about you. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening, take care and be limitless my friends.